you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Coming up on Total Access, the locker room. Tell the truth. It's very hard to fumble running into somebody's ass. I have never seen this before in my life. What were you thinking when you <laughs> saw it, bro? <laughs> I was thinking, what the hell <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to NFL Total Access, the locker room. I'm Michael Robinson, alongside Super Bowl winning head coach Brian Billick. Coach, what's going on? Doing good. Doing good. We're going to let you guys in on what players and coaches really talk about inside the locker room. Today, we're welcoming a man who's been on the podcast before, but he's got more to share. Head coach or former head coach Rex Ryan. And oh my goodness, guys, he talks about the butt fumble with Mark Sanchez. You're not going to want to miss this one. Yeah, and we also talk about him growing up under Buddy Ryan and his dad, the influence, really one of the good, solid defensive minds in this league. And here he is again, one of my favorite personalities in NFL history. We welcome back former head coach Rex Ryan. What's up, big dog? Hi, how you guys doing, man? Great to be here. Absolutely. Now, you know, just like last time, we started with a locker room story. We have to ask you again for another locker room story again. Not that TV stuff. We need the behind the scenes on the on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Well, you know what's funny? And this is no slight, but I remember when we were head coaches. So you go off and we have the owners meetings. And and Brian, remember mm-hmm. we used to go there and you'd, you'd have a head coach deal and, and the owners, everything else. I remember... You know, and, and you do rules, you change rules, you do different things. And I'll never forget this. We were talking about controlling your locker room mm-hmm. and how you control your locker room. <laughs> and there's so many guys that this blew me away. There were so many coaches that never went in their locker room. And so first off, when they go in, you know, they set the siren, woo, woo, woo. 5 that alarm off. You know what I mean? And I remember somebody did that first time I was head coach. I'm like, what, what, what the hell is that guy doing? Because I, I live in the damn locker room. I go in there all the time. I never knew the difference because that was my locker room too, you know? And so I think that's the best part of it. people don't get in there, but man, the, the I, I mean, 
the locker rooms just, uh, I mean, that's a, a fun thing. And I'll never forget, we had, uh, with the Jets, we had our hot box, all right, right by the, the locker room and all that stuff. Yeah, the song. And oh yeah, Dennis mm-hmm. Thurman and I, we we pump, we you know we we get in there all the time. We have coaches in there. It's funny, but the players, you know, they start coming in. But man, if you had a bad practice, no, nah, we going in there today. <laughs> like we're in the same type of thing. Like oh, dude, seriously, you, you're gonna play yeah. outside leverage on this? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, hey, hold on, hold on. Yeah. You have no you having those conversations in the sauna with players? Oh, yeah. Be talking crap to them and all that type of stuff. And I'll never forget. <clears throat> here's one other locker room story. What? Jack Del Rio and I used to go in like, remember we had that big, huge tub. And we go in that hot tub and all that stuff on Thursdays after practice. We'd be in there. And I remember walking through there and Rod Woodson's in there. And he's like, oh. I go, dude. You know, don't be intimidated. I'm sorry to come, you know, through here with my shirt off. I mean, I know it's intimidating, but oh yeah, oh he's like, oh, you oh, oh. scarred me for life. Yeah, oh, yeah you, I scarred, I scarred the man. You know, and he did back with like 20 abs and all that type of stuff. Like, Dude, man, hey, when you grow up and you know you become, a, you know, a, an older man like myself, you appreciate this kind of body. But no, nah, shoot. You, you got to have skin. We used to say that you got to have skin like an armadillo. Mm, now, yeah. for those of you out there, we get it. We know that that, you know, armadillo, that's armor. We get it. <laughs> you got to have skin like it. Don't be having that skin like a little, you know, baby deer, a little dope. <laughs> we, we don't need that deer None skin. That you will be, they will, because if you can't take it, you're going to get it worse and worse and worse. So you better take it and, and, and fire back. But it's, you know, there's no place like it. I grew up in, a, in an NFL locker room, blessed being around my dad. My son did the same thing. And, mm. and I, I just think it's normal. Like, we don't realize how special it is because all of us grew up in that. Yeah. You know, but to me, it is special. People don't know how special that well, locker room well, is. Well, Coach, talking about the locker room, like, I think the reason why players, like, respected you coming in there is because you were down there. There's, you know, there's no no disrespect to other coaches, but some other coaches put themselves above the, the players as opposed to right there in the bunker, right there with them. And I think that's why you got so much respect, and I think that's why your personality um, resonated so much throughout locker rooms. But – as I introduced you, I talked about your personality. Now, on your last podcast, you talk about, you know, some of the things you learned from your dad, right? You guys were tacticians, man. Like, I, I, you know, I always thought, you know, big, you know, you know, Rex Ryan is always just the bravado. That's ours! Yeah, baby! Yeah, watch out. Whoa! Whoa, whoa! Hey, time out! Time out! I gotta get my damn track shoes on. But, you know... From a defensive standpoint, you knew what the hell you were talking about and knew how to teach it. Just talk about some of the things you learned from your from your dad, who was, for lack of better words, an innovator in the sport. Yeah, I think that there, there's two things. First off, my dad's philosophy uh, came from a, a guy named Weed Eubank, who's in the Hall of Fame, is a, a great coach. He won a championship, the only coach ever to win a Super Bowl championship and an NFL championship. Uh, so to me, he was awful proud of that. But the first thing he said, we view bank taught my dad was uh, he'd always hear him say, I don't want to hear about these route combinations. Uh, let's talk about protections first. 
Everything he needed to do was about protecting the quarterback first. Mm -hmm. So my dad's like, well, if it's that important to Weave Bank to protect the quarterback, it ought to be important enough for us to get to the quarterback. Yep. And the thing that he did better than anybody, he learned, you know, he, he would study your protections and he would beat your protections. That, that's how. Mm. So and, and I got to where when I took over and coached with Brian, I, I had a philosophy that I wanted to send. I could always send more than you got, but I wanted to send the least amount of guys to beat your protections. So that's when we, when, when I was with Brian, I really came up and he gave me the freedom to do this. And that's where a lot of coaches don't understand. Brian gave me all kinds of freedom and that allowed me to grow as a coach. And one of the things I did was come up with simulated pressures. And that was such a, a way of, I'm going to study the tape well enough to I'm going to beat your protection. And I may be only sending four or five guys. Mm. And I think that's, that's what we did. Overload blitzes, overload things. It, it may look like the house is coming, but it ain't. All right. And we're trying to protect ourselves in the back end at the same time. We're trying to beat your protection or give that quarterback a certain look in his head. That means I got to throw the ball and hopefully make a mistake. So those are things that we did. I kind of took all those things that I learned from my dad and, and the freedoms that Brian gave me and kind of, uh, work my defenses that way. But, but, but coach, didn't you need a certain type of player though? Because yeah. just hearing what you're saying, I mean, I'm doing overload blitzes. That mean my outside linebackers on the other side got to be clued in. My back end got to be clued in. We got to talk to the, you know, to the guys dropping. I mean, you got to have some pretty smart players. Well, I think it clicks when you teach concepts and, and understand we met with as a defense, the entire defense would meet together. It wasn't, we never had, D-line, you go meet. Linebackers, you meet. DBs, you, you know, whatever. D-line, uh, DBs meet. We've all met collectively. And if your defensive tackle at 350 pounds knew what that corner's job was supposed to be, mm -hmm. that corner damn sure knew he, his job too. And what we did is Brian always asked, he goes, all right, what's our philosophy on defense? I go, Brian, you know, you've heard of the KISS philosophy, keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. I go, that ain't us. We're the kill philosophy. We keep it likable and learnable. There you and go. That's what it is. And when it is, like anything else, once you grasp it and you have success with it, man, you can do anything. And Brian, you said this, the players are a hell of a lot smarter than you think. Like, don't let the only limitations they have be you as a coach. So you take that to heart to where, like, oh, no, I'm going to punch them. I'm going to challenge mentally and physically. And the, 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 the good players, all right, because like I say, I mean, if you can count to three, you can play for me. That's the yep. defensive term. But yourself as a coach has to take it on. Like, I'm going to put you in this role now. I'm going to do this. You know, focus on what the kid can do, not what he can't do. Yeah. You know, oh, he's dumb. Well, you're dumb if you're asking him to do 20 different things. You know what you're going to do? You're going to play him, Rob. You go play scene flat for me. All right. <laughs> yeah. You're going to blitz here. Find something the kid can do. And because mm -hmm. what happens when you include everybody, your team practices better and you, you have more of a, co you know, cohesive uh, unit. And that's something that, uh, that we always did in Baltimore uh, under Brian. He, he wanted 
Let, let's get as many guys involved as we can. And I took that to heart. One more before I let you go, Coach. Okay. One more. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to yeah. get this in, man, because, you know, I I, I got a tape where I knock Ray Lewis out, man. So I got to ask about Ray, right? Okay. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, I want to see that one. Yeah. Yeah. Did, you, did you design a defense to, like, bring out the best traits in guys like Ray Lewis and Ed Reed? Or are you saying, look, guys, I got an attacking nature of a defense that'll fit what you guys do? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you, well, you mold it to them or did you design? You know what I'm saying? How did you design those defenses? Yeah, I tried to take the, the characteristics of each individual mm-hmm. and not just Ray, not just Ed, but an Adalis Thomas, for instance. When he came out, remember, he was a guy without a position. Yeah, well, we invented a position for him. We called him an X. He could have been the defensive MVP two years in a row. Why <laughs> people were going to throw out? He can't play defensive end. He can't play linebacker. Oh yeah, he can damn sure play for us because he was he was smart and he was and he had that passion. He had all that type of stuff. We just had to find a role for him. And man, we move them all over the place. I called him the coordinator, you know, coordinator. I put them, mm-hmm. line them up, let them uh, knock Chad Johnson into the Gatorade. <laughs> let them do this, let them do that. But we did all those type of things. But you would take the best of all your guys. And I'm going to tell you about what makes a great defense. All right, first off, when your best player is your best guy, that helps. And Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. there were many times when I'd be like, hey, Ray, uh, get these guys going. It's a man's game. Let's go. Boom. I never had to worry about it. You never heard me yell. You saw Ray just. Mm -hmm. And man, they went to it. And if Ray would do it, your best player does it, they're all going to do it. We'd always say 11 guys going to the football. We had a little term, but (laughs) we would touch them. We'd go hit them. And and that's how we played. Every play was a pursuit drill. Um, you know, th- this little things like that, but we would take the best of our guys and we would sell out for each other. There were times I would take the last man on the roster. All right, Jared Johnson, you're he number 11 of yeah. all the starting players. Mm-hmm. All right, Ray, I want you to, you got to go in and you got to draw these, the guard and tackle. I want you to grab, go through the guard and grab the tackle. We're trying to free up Jared Johnson on this blitz. Never flinched. Mm. Ray Lewis never played. He'd go in. He couldn't wait for the call. Go get him, Jared, because that was going to be his shot. And so you would do that, take your best guy and sacrifice for the 11th guy. And, man, once they did that, they just – there was a fiend frenzy. You know, they all just – they all got into it, and and that was something that – that I'm proud of. But yeah, you you know what's funny? You it, like some of the great players, Ed Reed. He got fear in his heart. I can smell it. Ah! If they catch the ball, hit him hard, dog. Right now. If you were just gonna coach Ed Reed as just a common safety. Oh, you're doing it injustice. Oh, oh are you doing it? <laughs> you're doing it like, injustice, man. He had the vision, you know, and Dennis Thurman. I'm I'm with DT right now. Yep. DT goes. What did you see, Ed? Because <laughs> yeah. DT as a player couldn't see it. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Then we would work to it, and he was he he was a once in a lifetime talent. Mm. But but those are things that you that you would do, and and that's what a great defense. Two things you're going to see: number one, they're selfless. The other thing is they are noisy. 
and they talk and communicate. They're always, you know, alert this, alert that, boom, 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 boom. And you hear the checks and they're going left and right and they're, they're doing all these type of things. And then when the play's over, they're talking this stuff to you. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, they, they are talking before the play. They're talking during the play, you know, and they're talking after the play. And, and that was something about them that I loved. Celebrate when, when so-and-so makes a play, all 11 guys are celebrating it, and it just feeds into it. And then who else? Oh, there's a new 11 in there. Maybe yeah. there's three or four backups in there. They just feed along with it. And, and those are things that, that I always – I took a great deal of pride in. And, and including that whole roster. And part of it is probably because I wasn't very good to begin with, you know, as you a mean? player. What do you, oh, you know, as a player? I'm so, in my school's Hall of Fame. You know, some people go to their school <laughs> and nominate. Well, that's just a thing. But but realistically, I wasn't any good. So I wanted, I wanted everybody to be part of it. And I knew that bottom guy in that roster mm. is going to play. He's going to feel like King Kong when you have a package for him. And so that's kind of what we would do, and then that's certainly Absolutely. what what I did, uh, you know, as, as a as, as a coordinator and even as a position coach. You know, as Absolutely. as an inventive and brilliant as you've been a tactician, the thing that I remember the most and appreciated most was Rex and that staff were teachers. The way they communicated with the players, I used to. Uh, and I'd go in as a head coach and I'd sit in the back and listen to them talk with the entire defense and the way they would stress it. And a little different, I learned it from Danny Green. I used to run the scout teams because that was my way of two, two things. One, it allows you to touch every player every day by running. I run both sides, both the offensive and the defensive scout team. And the second thing is, you know, these defensive guys, you got to watch them because they, oh, yeah, we're going to do this. They're going to tell you sometimes what you want to hear. But if I'm running the scout team, I'm going, now, wait a you minute. Know it. You <laughs> said we were going to. So I can catch you. But I will tell you, can't tell how many times I'm standing there and I'm holding the cards for the offensive scout team. And there's a shift in emotion and whatever. And they'll come out and we'll do that. We'll come up in the formation. They'll shift, whatever. And the defensive players are calling out what we were going to do. Mm. And I'm looking like, okay, is it written on both on sides? The side. <laughs> They're in. Here. They're is there in. a code or, you know, <laughs> like a marked deck in, in poker? Are they? But, but it was the teaching sequence of this is what this is means. This is what we get into. And like Rex is talking about, the way they would communicate with one another, the way you – the way you taught it was probably as as good as anything that I remember about what you did defensively. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and you're right. I'll never forget this. Brian comes in and he's meeting and he goes, so he takes all of our resumes. Remember, remember doing this? <laughs> and he, oh he's God. trying to motivate his offensive guys. He's pissed. He goes, you here's the resumes of both groups. This one looks like, oh, my God, look at this resume. This one's down here. But the funny thing is, go watch these guys present and teach. That's what you need to do. Remember that? You were pissed. <laughs> but Because but my resume probably wasn't real good. But, anyway, uh, but, but the funny thing is, it's like, that's all we did. But Brian put them together. So when I went as a head coach, I'm trying to, to, to sit back and say, okay, I'm going to take my mentor. I'm going to take stuff I learned from Bill Parcells, things I, I learned from my dad, things I learned from Brian. One thing I knew for sure is I wanted the best teachers I could find, mm -hmm. but not just great teachers, 
some that would work as a team, like as a unit. And man, like when I first went to to the Jets, I think I had the finest coaching staff in not maybe not league history, but certainly in the league. And when I was in there, I mean, I had I had Mike Westoff as a special team. Coach. Oh, I loved Mike. I loved oh, Mike. shoot! Oh my goodness, man! As soon as I walked in, I'm like. You know, I talked ball with him for 15 minutes. I go, dude, you yeah. don't worry about that. You got the job. That right. guy was brilliant. I love the four on kick return, man. That oh. was his thing. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> Double team. He knocked the hell out of me. I go, Wesley, this is good because I don't know Jack about. You got it. And but I would go in and you know my defensive staff, Mike Pettin, Dennis Thurman. Like, oh my god, did I have a friggin' defensive staff? You know. And then on offense, I had Bill Callahan as the offensive line coach. Oh, yeah. Because I'm like, all right, he's oh, a great one, man, a great coach. And then I had Shoddy and then Matt Cavanaugh, who is who yeah, is Brian's, you know, when we won a Super Bowl together, he was the offensive coordinator. I mean, we had, a, we had an unbelievable staff. I'm like, the only guy that screwed this up is me. <laughs> but don't say that. You know, no. that's right. But well, and that's important. You know, we talk about coaching and coaching players, but but that staff is and that relationship. You th- I keep thinking about that first room. You think about this now. When I throw this group together, I keep Marvin Lewis. And I bring and Marvin and I did not know Marvin Lewis. Okay. Right. I respected him because when we played him with that 98 ball, uh, Minnesota group I had, which was phenomenal with Randy Moss and Chris Carter oh, and, and Randall Cunningham and Robert broke every folks. NFL record by the way. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought Marvin did as good a job as anybody that played us. Because stopping us was almost impossible. So but on that staff, so I keep Marvin. I throw in Rex Ryan, Jack Del Rio, Mike Smith, all guys that go on to become head coaches. Yeah. Um Eventually, then we, we we actually end up bringing in uh, 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 you know a number of coaches. Mike that, Nolan, uh, we bring in Mike, Mike Nolan, yeah, Mike Pen, my coach. Mike Mike Singletary, <laughs> who's the head coach. Now, my coach I, I always and and like Rex said, I like I let them do their job. But there's a point I thought about at some point wiring the room because I Rex, I would have loved to heard some of the conversation, <laughs> particularly that first year because you talk about you and Marvin and Jack Del Rio. There's some strong personalities in there that had to be mm-hmm. some fun in there. Oh, there's no question. And and it's funny, Marvin would sit back and go, and I'll say this, Steve Schaefer did a hell of a job for us, who the yes, secondary yeah. coach. He would sit back and go, all right, Rex, and remember that defense was like 23rd in the league or, tw- or maybe worse than that. We went to, I think, first in the league or second in the league that that in one year. But it was like, what fronts do we need to do to stop the run? Okay. And so they would start with me. And I'm like, I, I, we need to run this these, this front. And this is what I think we need to do against regular personnel, against Tiger, whatever it was. And then Schaefer would, would tie in the coverages. And it always get down to blitzes. And Jack and I would be like, all right, Jack, let's see what you got. All right, I can trump that. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> like, you couldn't wait for your stuff to be called. It's funny how, how things go. But you take things that you learn from different guys. From Marvin Lewis, I was never a guy – that liked to, you know, when my dad never stunted, like he never did like run stunts or different things. Like get you out of gaps. He would run blitzes, but not really run stunts. And so I'm like, I learned a ton that way from Marvin, how how you would do it. And then I was always a stem, stem guy and then play Mm -hmm. technique. But now all of a sudden, yes, we'll stem, we'll play technique, and we're going to mix in all of Marvin's run stunts. And and we became – no, people couldn't move the ball on us at all. But it was all 
you know, I grew up technique, 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 and we're also going to add this stuff with it. And it, it was just a, a great thing. You never know where you're going to learn. If you're, you know, if your eyes are open and your ears are open, you can learn. If you shut yourself yeah. out, like, look, and we talked about it. I thought I had all the answers. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I get a different look and I'm like, Ooh, dang, I, you know, I learned a lot here and, yeah. but you got to be receptive of it. And when Marvin put this all-star team together, it was great picking each other's brains. Yeah. yeah. So, and I, I love, I got to tell you one quick check uh, real ahead, story. Cause it involves Rex is that cause there's these strong personalities and I'm a first time head coach. Well, <laughs> the very first year I was still kind of running the offense. So our very first scrimmage up at McDaniel college, and we're doing it, and I'm being very protect because the defense is really good, and we're not very good on offense. So I'm protecting the quarterback because I'm controlling. I'm calling it, but I also <laughs> determine what the gain is, you know? So I'd call something the quarterback, and it was a sack. I said, no, it wasn't a sack. He got the ball off. Well, Jack Del Rio goes nuts. on he Because he's seeing me, seeing the offensive coordinator, and he jumps in my Big time. And he's just out <laughs> the other. And Rex, cool as the other side of the paw, pillow, walks over to nudges Jack and goes, Jack. Head coach. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the head coach. Jack. Oh, Jack Whoa. had to catch yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, you're right. It was a complete You're telling her to make a business decision, right? Yeah, coach, yeah. Yeah. Rex, Rex always kept it in perspective. It was kind of, I don't think you want to do that to the head coach. No. That was awesome. Hey, hey Co- Coach Ryan, so check this out, man. You were a defensive guru. You're a defensive-minded head coach, right? Do you ever have any wish that maybe you would have focused a little bit more on the offensive side? I mean, I mean, you look at some of the offenses you've had, there's been some of the things people said has been the downfall of some right. of the teams. I know when I was with uh, Coach Singletary, he was a defensive-minded guy in San Francisco, but he never really focused on the offense. Again, when I was with uh, Pete Carroll in Seattle, he made it a point to stay on the offensive side because that wasn't his strength. Do you ever wish you may have spent more time on the other field um, on the offensive side instead of the defensive side? Well, the funny thing is like, for the most part, when I was a head coach, I remained the coordinator as well on defense. Okay. Mm. And so that, that definitely takes it away. I did steal from Brian. I would be on the scout team. I would hold up the cards for the scout team offensively. I haven't played on the scout team, you know, for, cause the numbers get so bad, you yeah. know what I mean? So, you know, you hire a guy to coach. And that was the thing where sometimes I didn't want to get in the way. And I think a misconception is like, if you're a defensive coach to be great on defense, you got to know what the hell the offense is doing. Yeah. So I've had to defend some of the greatest offenses mm-hmm. ever. I see, I, I see what it looks like. I get, I get stuck with the ground and pound. Oh, you're ground and pound. Hey, you want to run? <laughs> well, yeah. If I had Tom Brady, you think we would have ground? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, Patrick Mahomes. Oh, yeah. Give the just give it to the fullback yeah. in this game. We ain't doing that. You know, but I get automatically get thrown into that. But the only reason we were like that is because that gave us the best chance to win. I'm playing with a rookie quarterback, and so I come out and say we're ground and pound. And I never cared. I wanted my team to be tough enough to say, we're going to run it. You're going to know it. you got to try to stop us. Mm-hmm. Some mentality. And, yeah, and I wanted that. I tried to breed that into, into our guys. And we did. When you look at our stats, we led the league in rushing several times when I was with the Jets and, and both years in Buffalo. And it was, it was like, okay, because I'm trying to get that mentality, not just on the defensive side, but on, on the entire football team. 
I wanted to be physical. I wanted to do mm -hmm. that. But I'll be dang if I had a quarterback when I went to yeah. Buffalo, we never the the quarterback quit. He oh, quit. Yeah. He probably right. quit when he heard I was going to be the coach. <laughs> hey, That's oh, right. hell no. But he quit. The head coach quit, and so I get there. I'm like, dang, we got no quarterback. So we bring in a Tyrod Taylor mm -hmm. to compete. He was literally going to be the third quarterback. I'm like, son, I promise I will give you an opportunity to be the starting quarterback if you come here. You're going to get as many reps as the second and the first guy, Matt Castle, EJ Manuel. And he won the job. But that ain't exactly Tom Brady, okay? And Tyrod will tell you that himself. He's a fine quarterback, but he's not Tom Brady. Well, you drafted Mark Sanchez, though. I mean, and you drafted him. I mean, yep. do, do you think maybe he wasn't the guy that you thought he would be? You know what I'm saying? You know, panning. No, out. and I'll go back. I'll defend that draft till the cows come home. Because I remember this back in the day when you became a first-time head coach, we would get those practice. Remember, you get to practice with your yes, team, first. have a mini camp yep. before yep. you ever had a draft. Mm -hmm. We did that. You want to know why Mark Sanchez was our quarterback? We had a wow. mini camp before the draft. <laughs> he said that now we had no quarterback. You, you know, we had no quarterback. <laughs> and in, Rob, I'm sitting back going, I've already talked so much crap to the media about it. This ain't the same old chat. We're going to kick ass and jump. And I get there, I'm like, we have no quarterback. Like, oh, my goodness. And so I'm like, we got to draft the quarterback. Uh, Stafford clearly head and shoulders best quarterback in the draft. Yes. Okay. So now I got to make a decision, you know, and there's two other guys that the next two best were Mark Sanchez and the kid from Kansas state that went to Tampa. In the oh first yeah. Game. Oh yeah. I know you're talking the, about the big old dude, the big kid. I forget. Yeah. Name. I forgot the kid's name, but, yep. but either way, I'm like, I'm, I'm watching these guys and I'm like, you know, we would go, we'd send them some information we want you to know this, this playbook inside and out. And both those kids did a great job, phenomenal job. I, I mean, I'm blown away. I'm like, I couldn't pass the test. Like, they knew every damn thing. Like, <laughs> yeah. They closed the thing like that and said, okay, our huddle starts, blah, 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 blah. And I'm looking at it, I go, Holy crap, this man got every damn word right. Punctuation's right. It's the damnedest thing you ever seen. And they're going on. I'm like, damn, these kids are smart as hell. All right. And so both of them are Freeman was the kid's name. Freeman, yep. That's Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm looking at him and and we go and I go to his pro day, Freeman's pro day. And I'm like, man, the kid's impressive. Okay. I go to you at I go to Mark Sanchez. He's impressive. And now I'm like, well, who do I take? <laughs> well, the one kid at Kansas State had three kids there to, to catch passes from, for him. Mm -hmm. I went to see Mark Sanchez. He had 25. Enough said I'm taking Mark Sanchez. All right? Mm -hmm. well, why, why, is that? Just because, why is that? Just because more guys wanted to come out and throw? No idea. But to me, probably California. But anyway. Yeah, that's what I'm funny. saying about the weather. <laughs> Realistically, that that's, I'm like, all right, this could, this guy has some leadership to it. The way that, they responded to Mark. Yes, absolutely. And to this day, I'll defend that choice to the Hill. Who else was out there? Yeah. And he was the second best. And Mark's a better quarterback. Unfortunately, he gets labeled the butt fumbler or whatever. Right. But Mark Sanchez did as a rookie. He took his team to an AFC championship. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's hard to do. 
It's hard to win as a rookie. This Herbert kid was amazing with the Chargers. They won seven games. All right. Joe Burrow, great rookie quarter, won what, two games? Like, but it, Rex, it's easy as a rookie. Tell the truth. It's very hard to fumble running into somebody's ass. It is. Uh, I mean, it is. What What were you thinking when you saw it, bro? <laughs> I was like, what the hell did you do I have never seen this before in my life. It was the backside of Brandon Moore that knocked the ball out. And then they return it for a touchdown. By the way, that was in the span. We gave up 28 points in a quarter. Huh? And then we fumbled a kick for a touchdown. We, we don't cover a guy on a, a pass to a back for about an 80-yard touchdown. Oh, my God. And I'm just like. Goodness gracious, against New England on national TV at our place. And you wonder why the gray is the way it is. (laughs) I'm just like, and here's the bad thing. He ran into Brandon Moore. Brandon Moore is a great player. Yes, he's awesome. Exactly what he's supposed to do. What the hell? (laughs) (laughs) And and that's where I'm like, later in life, I'm like, Mark, you got to own that thing, dude. Yeah. 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 You got to own it, you know? There's no other choice. So, (laughs) hey, I got to ask this because we both, in a post career, evolved into the media thing a little bit. And and, uh, it's fun watching you work in the the morning. And I always wonder this because I actually did games for Fox for about five, six years, which was it, which was always interesting. Learned a lot from it. What do I always ask myself this, but I got to ask you. What would Rex Ryan, the coach, say about Rex Ryan, the broadcaster? How would how would you, or vice versa? Both, yeah, the you first know I mean? thing I would say is this: is a, like, man, that dude is a good looking dude. I, I, <laughs> that is neither way handsome guy. But no, I, I think you know it's funny because I, I think you would be like, look, the passion's there, regardless of the outcome. My team's always going to fight. They're going to compete from from the first whistle to the last whistle, whether you're up t- two touchdowns, which very rarely happen in my case, yeah. or you're down two touchdowns, which happened a lot in my case. But quite <laughs> honestly, my my guys are going to compete their, their butts off, and I'm always proud of the way my guys played. They played the game with that heart and that passion, and, and, and that was it. And I think I would respect that. You know, I'd still I'd rip me for being a ground and pound guy. Oh, hell. <laughs> Throw the damn ball a little bit. But, you know, I remember this. We'd be like, "Well, let's just punt. And we'll play defense." That's yeah. probably not a great philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> but sometimes chair. it's all you got. Sometimes it is all you got, Coach. Yeah. sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. I'll never forget we're playing, and Brian may remember this one. <laughs> We have a backup quarterback in, and we're playing the greatest show on turf. Oh, man. Right. And it was like, damn. I remember Ray, we're like, just don't let him score. Don't let him score. We're talking our offenses on the field. Don't let him score. (laughs) And the great thing is, we came storming back. We had a chance to win that game, but it was like, you know, like it was crazy, <laughs> but it was, you know, and we've all had days like that to where it's yep. like, oh my God, and the butt fumble we mentioned, like, right. they just, it's just ain't your day. I'm and it's just, like it works in this game, you know, but the, the thing that I'm most proud of guys fight all the way to the end. And, and that's what you got to do. You see so many of them that don't, yeah. you know, even in today, they get a little adversity and they just, 
you know, they don't have that passion that, that our teams always had. Well, and I think that's a generational thing, guys. I think the, the, the social media and kids getting instant gratification and parents creating environments so that they can succeed right now. Um, it gets them in trouble when they get to be adults. You're not going to always be told yes. You're going to be told no a lot more than you're told yes um, in this world. But Coach Ryan, look, man, I can't thank you enough for coming by, man. Like, again, this was awesome. I feel like I can talk to you forever, man. I want to hear all your stories. Uh, <laughs> I, I know you I know you know Coach Billet, um, but I want to say to you if there's anything I personally can do for you to help you out, to help you get opportunities, wherever the case may be, man. Don't hesitate to reach out, man. So thank you for joining the podcast today. Bro. Thank you, man. Great fun. Nice. Thank you. All right, guys. And that'll do it for this week's episode of Total Access, The Locker Room. For more insight with The Locker Room point of view, check out the latest episodes every Wednesday and Friday on Apple and Spotify. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. 